This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King, Auburn beat writer for auburnundercover.com. I am not Keith Niebuhr. I am filling in uh, hosting duties this week, and I am joined by an esteemed guest. Uh, you know him all over auburnundercover.com, our great columnist, senior writer, Philip Marshall. Uh, we're going to kind of go over a bit of the Georgia game and, and look ahead to Arkansas. I know that a lot of Auburn fans probably are done talking about Georgia, but there's a lot of important stuff to glean there. Um, and Philip, I'm just going to start, you know, I don't think we've had a chance to have you on here and talk about that game yet. Um, what, are you, what were your kind of biggest takeaways in terms of what you saw on both sides of the ball for Auburn? Because, you know, it was a bad offensive day, but then they didn't do a lot of things great on the defensive side either. Well, you and I being among those who picked Georgia, I, I, I thought it was a terrible matchup for Auburn from the start. They, their, their offensive line situation has been, you know, and, and I've been accused the last 24 hours of making excuses. I'm, I don't make excuses because I didn't have anything to do with it. But uh, uh, you had you had a, a perfect storm of, of uh, no spring practice, which basically almost junior college guys, they basically signed to play. It almost took them out of the picture early. And I don't know how much was COVID and how much were injuries, but they had – they rarely had all their guys out there during, during preseason camp. Most of them haven't played much, if at all. Uh, so it was a perfect storm against a, a, a really, really, really talented Georgia defense. Uh, having said that, you know, they, they still didn't play well. Uh, they didn't play as well, as, even as they should have, even under the circumstances. Uh, and I'm no expert. I can't tell you why or how or 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 what. I don't know. But they got they got beat up pretty bad, real bad. And uh, uh, if you're a coach now, what you got to do, you go back and say, okay, here's what happened. How do we fix it? What do we do different? And uh, uh, and I I fully expect them to get better. Are, are they going to become a dominating offensive line no I don't think they will but but they could become an efficient and effective offensive line and uh but they got to figure you know they've been rotating guys in there and and that's largely a result of the other things I've talked about they haven't really been able to identify their best five and they got to do that and then I'm assuming they will do that going into this Saturday's game and uh uh, I mean, they got some guys that got talent, and uh, you know, I don't. I, I pay honestly, five star, four star, three star. I love Keith Neighbor, but there's a whole there's a whole bunch of three star offensive linemen playing in the NFL. So I, you know, I don't I, I don't pay much attention to that, and uh, uh, I think they got good enough players to compete on the offensive line. Once they, but every offensive line coach I have ever talked to talks about the importance of playing together and time playing together because they do so many things in unison and they haven't had that. So 
and and you know, they, and now they've had one one game of it is all, and I expect there's going to be changes. So that's 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 going to be an issue for a while. Uh, that they may not be as as cohesive as you would like. Uh, defensively, uh, they just got beat on the line of scrimmage. I mean, they just did. From what I'm told, they didn't they didn't have many busts, uh, and they didn't get. And, and usually, when you have a bunch of busts, you have big plays. And Georgia didn't have big plays running the ball. They just made about five or six yards every time they handed it off because they p- pushed them back. Well, can that be fixed? It can be improved. Uh, you know, they got some other really good offensive lines to play, so it's going to have to be. But I think they were encouraged that, that, that they held Georgia to only three points in the second half and uh, uh, and made some adjustments that made that made it easier to uh, – not easier, but more effective, deal, deal with the running game a little more effectively. But uh, it was a bad performance. I, I, I didn't expect them to win, but I didn't expect them to get beat that badly. But in the final analysis, uh, all you can do if you're them – it's just move on. And I will say one more thing, which is that the notion that they didn't play hard or didn't try or didn't care that I have seen espoused here and there is just ridiculous. It's just completely ridiculous. I promise you they wanted far worse than any fan to win that game. And uh, But if you're a player, there's nothing to do except, except say, okay, try to learn Try, try to improve on what we did wrong and, and move on because you got eight more games to play and you got to play them. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. It, you know, they obviously have to be a lot better. If they're not a lot better Saturday, they'll have a hard time with Arkansas. Yeah, and Philip, it's something you talked about earlier this week of of kind of the way that Georgia sort of blitzed them and and got out to that big lead there in the second quarter. It kind of seemed like Auburn was just kind of taken off balance and wasn't able to yeah. ever recover. You sort of likened to this game, and, and this is what interested me, to when Georgia came into Jordan Harris. Very similar game. Very back into 2017, game. where where a team just gets blown back at the line of scrimmage and is never able to recover. Obviously, we're not saying George, Auburn's going to make it to the national title game like Georgia no, did. No, but, but Auburn, Auburn beat Georgia in that game on the line of scrimmage pretty much just like Georgia beat Auburn on the line of scrimmage there. I mean, Georgia had 45. With Chubb and, and Sonny Michelle, they had back there, they had 45 yards rushing. And it was 40 to 10 until they scored a touchdown, a meaningless touchdown late. I mean, it was uh, it, that game was one of the more impressive performances I've seen by an Auburn team, and against a really good Georgia team. Now we'll see how impressive Georgia's performance was, because I don't know that Auburn at that point. They, Auburn's got some really good players, but if, if your offensive line is getting beat like that, it doesn't much matter, and and uh, you have to be again. You know, you don't have to have the best offensive line in the world, but you got to be efficient, and they weren't. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of both sides. You look at Georgia right now, that's a team that, I mean, it's only been two games. It's a small sample size, but they're performing at an incredibly efficient rate on the defensive side of the ball. We knew they had very few weaknesses. Yeah, really good. But at they're the same really time, you talk about Auburn's offensive line situation. Did you think we were going to get to this point where we're still, it's week three for Auburn, and they still haven't settled on a starting five? What did you think no. was kind of Gus's time frame when he started to do this? No, when do you I think thought, he I'll tell you what I thought. I thought they might alternate uh, uh, Jackson and Troxel some. Because from everything I'd heard, there wasn't much separation there. Uh, other than that, no, I figured the other four were probably set. And uh, obviously, I was wrong. I, I think that they they got to look at a lot of things. I mean, 
you hear really good things about Keandre Jones. Uh, I, I don't, I think uh, Manning struggled Saturday. Uh, I, I, I think, and this is just me, and I, like I said, I'm the, about as far from an expert as you can get. If one of those junior college guys can can get to the point where they can play right tackle, I think I think uh, uh, Broderius Ham is a much more natural guard than he is a tackle, and, and will play guard in the NFL if he gets to the NFL. So, uh, and I'm sure they would like to do that too. And but I don't know, you know, coffee or uh, 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 those guys. I don't know who's ready or who's not ready or or any of that. So. But I do know they were signed to play, and uh, and they haven't been able to. And uh, uh, they got in a pretty good find, it looks like, in the grad transfer uh, council. Uh, and but but uh, uh, Brown's got to play better too. You can't have you can't have the pass rush coming. You can't have guys coming coming untouched right out of the middle. If if, if Bo Nix wasn't as athletic as he is, they'd probably had ten sacks. Yeah, and this to me, this game sort of reminded me. It's funny bring up the sack number. I was talking to some people on the board today. It sort of reminded me of the 2017 Clemson yeah, game where Jared Stidham got sacked 11 times. But Bo is faster than Stidham. Right, he's and not going to get sacked. He's not right. going to get sacked 11 times. But, and I think but, he's yeah. got the instincts to, to get himself. If you had Jared Stidham back there Saturday, yeah. or, <laughs> or a lot of guys uh, that got sacked a lot more times. I mean, there were – Three times I can remember where Georgia had a had a unblocked rusher coming straight at him and never laid a hand on him. And uh, he, he's as he's as good as, as escaping as 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 most of the quarterbacks I've seen. Well, now he needs to stop. He needs to stop escaping when he doesn't need to escape. <laughs> he needs to stand in the pocket when he can. And I think he would tell you that too. And, it was a, uh, it was just, it was brutal for everybody. And, you know, they had their, they, and they had three straight good drives. The last one of the second quarter, first one of the third quarter, or the second one of the third quarter. And if they could have gotten a touchdown out of one of those drives, they might could have at least, at least made it interesting, made, made Georgia have to, uh, have to put, feel a little bit of heat. But when they didn't, uh, then that was it. They weren't going to, they, they, uh, I think they, uh, they just, they, on that night, they weren't good enough. How much better will they get? That's the question. That's the question. It's still just one game. As I wrote yesterday, lots of teams have been blown out and then still had great seasons. And uh, uh, is this team good enough to do that? I don't know. They weren't Saturday. And but, I, I think that if you look at Auburn kind of, maybe something to kind of grab some silver linings from that game. It didn't really seem like there were many when you watched the game, but kind of rewatching it, they had some plays that could have gone their way. Seth Williams probably comes down with that touchdown in the end zone seven times. Yeah. That is a tough catch. Yeah, um, yeah but, he had over, it. He had, but he had it. And he had it, it, yeah. And when he hit the ground, it popped out, yeah. Right, and then Bo made some overthrows um, that, that kind of, you know, some freshman tropes for him sort of creeped up in this game tank Bigsby had a catch along the sideline where if he had yeah. kept his balance, he could have kept going. So, you know, three or four, you know, I don't want to call them 50, 50 balls, but plays that would break a team's way occasionally. Yeah. And maybe this is a one score game. So I don't think it's all necessarily uh, doom and gloom for Auburn in this one. I think maybe they, oh. they could have had it a little closer in the fourth quarter, but like I said, they just got blitzed at the beginning. They, yeah. they didn't know how to recover from that big hole. Well, 
I will give both this much. The overthrow of Anthony Schwartz wasn't really an overthrow. He got grabbed by the by, – and, and that's not taking anything away from the Georgia defensive back. Heck, that's what you do. You don't just let him run run away from you. And if you get called for it, then, then you give up 15 yards instead of 60 yards. But uh, but I think had, had that not happened, he would have – that throw would have been on target. But uh, he overthrew – was it J.J. Pegues he overthrew – he had a few of them. I know he overthrew yeah. DJ Williams when he was yeah. scrambling one time as well. I think there was another yeah. one too. Well, he said he said himself that he did that, that he should have. He had a lot of passes he should have should should have hit. He he uh, he he seemed to be pretty. He seemed to take it pretty hard just by his mannerisms after the game. I think he took it pretty hard. Didn't feel like he played he played his best game at all. And you know he still got to show he can go on the road and play the same way he plays at home. And uh, he'll get two chances coming up after this week. So, right, he's still yet to prove it away from Jordan Hare Stadium. I mean, I mean I he made big plays. Clearly, right. clearly the the first game he played. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a huge play, and uh, he. Uh, yeah, I don't remember all of them last year, but but he didn't have a great game on the road. Even games they won, he didn't. He, he didn't have great games on the road. Yeah, well, luckily for Auburn, they're returning home this weekend, albeit it'll be a uh, it'll be a limited crowd, but still Gus Malzahn's going to be really happy to have his guys back in front of Auburn fans again. So we'll get to talking about Arkansas here on the other side of this break. We're going to take a quick, quick break here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm Nathan King talking right now to Philip Marshall. And Philip will kind of pivot to the Razorbacks this weekend. Um, this was a game that maybe on the preseason schedule you sort of looked and said, well, if Georgia doesn't shake Auburn's way, um, then you can circle this one and be like, all right, they'll come home. They'll, they'll get this one. They'll get this one done like they always do against Arkansas. They've obliterated Arkansas the past few years. But all of a sudden, Arkansas wins its first SEC game in three years. And these guys are feeling like they haven't felt before. They're feeling very, very confident going into this one. Um, if you're Auburn, you've got to bring your A game this weekend because this is an Arkansas team that played nasty on defense last week. Um, and they've got a lot of confidence right now with their transfer quarterback in Felipe Franks. No doubt. And uh, a team that's been through what they've been through once they win a game, a big, and that's a huge game for them. I mean, on the road, yeah. And uh, uh, there's no question they're gonna come in here believing they should win. They they can win, and they should come in here believing they can win. Uh, but uh, you know, Gus Malzahn has absolutely destroyed Arkansas six times in seven years. Uh, lost the 
bizarre overtime game in Fayetteville in 2015. But, uh, uh, but I mean, I, Arkansas came in here ranked number 17 in 2016, I guess, and got beat 56 to three. So <laughs> it was, uh, uh, but I don't, I don't look for that to happen this time. And, uh, I think Auburn, Auburn should win. Auburn's got better players than they do. Uh, but, uh, I, but I think they need to play well. And, uh, Barry Odom is a really – Gus mentioned him today, and he's right. He is a terrific defensive coordinator, very, very good defensive coordinator. And he's going to have a plan. Uh, he's got players that are accustomed to what Auburn does on offense. They saw it for almost two years. Uh, and I think that's the – if there is the familiarity between Gus, Chad Morris and Arkansas, and, and, and I think – they have a better advantage from that than Auburn does because they're not doing what uh, they're not. He'll know some players, obviously, most of them, but they, but what Arkansas is doing now is nothing like what they were doing. So uh, it'll be, uh, it, I think it's a, like I said, if Auburn doesn't turn the ball over, then I think they'll win, but I don't believe it's going to be like 42 to seven or something like that. And I probably, and to be honest with you, if you had asked me before the season, I would have said Auburn would probably name the score against Arkansas. And, and I don't think that's the case now. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of thought, all right, this is the game where Chad Morris and Gus. easiest game of the year. That's yes. what you thought. It was the easiest game of the year. Mm-hmm. And Chad, you know, team that fired him for Gus. He always likes to play Arkansas. He's an Arkansas guy. They were just going to try to blow him out of the water. But right now you look at Arkansas's defense. It's a team that, that took a Mississippi State team last week that set SEC records with the air raid and was able to shut the offense down. Now, this is an Auburn offense that right now is only predicated on the pass. They haven't been able to do much of anything on the ground. How do you see this running game right now playing out for Auburn? Because they're off to one of their worst starts, the worst start of the Gus Malzahn era in terms of what they're doing on the ground. And Sean Shiver seems to be injured. Mark Anthony Richards and Harold Joyner still haven't played. Can Tank Bigsby do this thing all by himself? And and what does Auburn have to do to get that ground game going? Well, I think that – one, I think a lot of people seemingly are writing off Sean Shivers, who clearly won the job. He's only had six carries. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's really been able to tell anything. But is, is he is he going to be 100% healthy? I don't know that. And uh, same thing with DJ Williams. Uh, I think Tank Bixby really has the look of a guy that's going to be a great player. He, there's no doubt he does. But no, he can't, you can't expect him to carry the load right now. And, uh, uh, you know, I was – Remember someday, and I had to look it up and find the year. Uh, in 1989, Auburn was having trouble running the ball. And they played Mississippi State. And I said, by dang, that's all we're going to do. And that's all they did. They ran it. All, and they only won 14 to nothing. And, and Mississippi State wasn't very good. But uh, I don't see Gus doing something like that. But I do, I do see them coming out with some determination to, to not give up too quick on the running game uh, and to try to, you know, what, one thing you have, do have to remember about, you said, worst two games start. Usually after two games, they played Georgia Southern or Arkansas State or somebody that just couldn't stand up against them. And they obviously haven't done that this year. But uh, uh, it's, uh, they've got to be able to run it enough. They don't have to rush for 200 yards a game, but they've got to be able to run it enough. And and Miss uh, Arkansas's got the same issue. They average like one yard a carry against Mississippi State. And uh, 
Uh, so that that'll be interesting to see. But I think I think Auburn has got to be committed to running it. Now, Chad Morris isn't committed to running it in general as much as Gus Malzahn. Uh, but that's a place where, though, everything I hear is Gus has not interfered at all with what's going on on offense. But as a head coach, he, he is perfectly within his his rights to say, hey, Chad, we got to run the ball. Right. Figure out how to run it. We got to run it. And, uh, and that's I, I, I'll be surprised if they don't try real hard to establish a running game. Yep. If they can't, they can't. Then they're going to have to try to win and throw in it. And, uh, and you're getting into, into risky business when you, when you have to do that. Auburn is, and Arkansas, the same is true of Arkansas. They're not going to knock Auburn's defense off the ball like Georgia did. So, uh, uh, I don't think, uh, so, uh, I think, you know, I don't know what score I'm going to pick. I, I'm not, I don't expect it to be a, uh, down to the wire dramatic finish or anything, but I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be a good game, a decent game and throw in a couple of turnovers or something. Then it could be a down to the wire drama. Yeah. And Arkansas for the first time in a long time, really, feels like they can actually win this game and, really and b- before they realize Ar- Auburn uh, had their number yeah. and yeah they couldn't beat Auburn right but yeah they, you know I'm sure they try everything does you try to talk stuff into believing you can win every game and I'm sure they did but they weren't going to and uh uh I you know I don't Sam Pittman I've never met him but just uh every time I've heard him talk I've thought you know that's like, that sounds seems like a guy I wouldn't mind hanging out with. I mean, he seems like a, he seems like a really good guy. Yeah, he seems like just the type that would fit in at Arkansas. I don't know why. Yeah. I just I yes. just I see that fit working out really well. We saw a lot of his guys there at Georgia. A lot of guys that he recruited to play along their offensive line. When oh, yeah. he was their O line coach, kind of blowing back Auburn in that game. And obviously, Auburn getting things done on the ground is going to go back to this offensive line. To me, that's sort of the center of all of what Auburn is is dealing with right now. I think. No, they've, never no they've never There's rotated. They've never rotated. The defense, I think, it's not going to be have the be powerful as powerful up front as last year's defense was. It's not, but I think the defense will be okay. I think they'll be fine. I think the defense will play well enough to give them a chance to win games. Uh, offensively, unless the offensive line gets straight, there's just not much you can do, and uh, uh, and. and like I said, I, know, I, I absolutely know they're going to improve. I just don't know if they're going to improve enough. And, or, or at least in time. And by what I mean in time, I mean it's, it's – uh, you say, boy, they, they may be a lot better in November, and they may, but if they've, lost, if they've lost three or four games in September and October, then it's not going to matter much. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the nature of the SEC schedule right now is that Auburn yeah, it, it, has a lot really, less time to really, figure it out. Really everybody and, and we haven't seen the end of it for a lot of teams yet it's going to be because people are going to Auburn's already beat up I don't know how beat up other teams are but I expect they are because you get beat up in SEC games which is which is the benefit of those two or three two or three uh, uh, group of five or FCS games they play over the course of both seasons and uh, they don't get to do that they only got one off week and and hey, some of them may, you know, this hurricane 
I don't see how – if it goes where they're saying it's going, I don't see any way LSU and Missouri play Saturday Yeah, night. well, they're talking about moving that game to Missouri. Right. So, uh, I guess I yeah. guess that's probably going to happen at yeah. this point. Yeah, LSU doesn't mind going on the road and play Missouri. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I think it's a, it's a threat for this game, too. Uh, I, I looked at the weather forecast that it said 80% chance of thunderstorms. Uh, but, of course, you don't really know with a, that, you know where this thing's going to – gonna gonna come come ashore so uh and i think you were you were uh a threat today about the possibility of the lightning delays well i've just got nightmares from the southern miss game in 2018 being stuck in that press box till about i think that game was supposed to end at like 5 p.m and it ended at like 10 p.m so we might be in for uh we might be in for more of the same this weekend gus malzahn said they're expecting it to be wet and they're gonna practice this ready for it it's gonna be raining and uh and if it's like played in a rainstorm, you better be able to run it. You bet. Yeah, right. You're not going to make Bo Nix throw the ball 40 times like he did against Georgia. But Bo, if Bo has, if Bo has to throw it 40 times Saturday, if it's for any reason other than Arkansas just can't cover their receivers and why not throw it, then they're going. That's going to be a long day, probably. Just, yep. I mean, that's he threw it 41 times at Georgia. I think wasn't it 41 times? 41. Way, yeah. That would weigh too many. Yep game like that i mean it's uh but if you can't run it you don't have much choice and that's why they really need to get to where they can run it yep yeah i i, I agree i think auburn's got to get physical i mean gus malzahn said they've had the most physical preseason they ever had to try to get prepared for this sec schedule but obviously covid and the offensive line and everything that's gone with that is has kind of hindered them um and then obviously it wasn't great to play georgia who's got an nfl caliber defensive front uh, so early on in the season. Perfect storm, like I said. A perfect storm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we're all looking forward to seeing how Auburn bounces back um, this Saturday. I know everybody listening to this is. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in this week, a bit of a kind of a midweek look back and a look ahead. We appreciate Philip for hopping on with us today. Uh, you guys can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, anywhere you guys find the podcast, or you can just go listen to it at auburnundercover.com. Please subscribe and leave us a rating. That helps out a ton. Um, it really, really does. If you liked it, give it five stars um, or jump on the board and tell Philip how bad we were. We'll, uh, we'll appreciate that just as much. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Auburn Undercover podcast. Um, for Philip Marshall, I'm Nathan King, and we'll catch you guys next time.